Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to my live Q&A. Hope you all are doing well. I'm excited, as always, to serve you all. So uh, go ahead and get your questions ready. Go ahead and get your fingers going. I look forward to answer you all's questions. But for those watching me for the very first time, my name is Josh Wesley, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimum use. And so after this, after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe, man, go ahead and subscribe. I would love um, to be your coach here online. But for those who's been subscribed for a period of time, whether it's been 13 years since I started or just 13 minutes ago, I want to say thank you so much um, for considering um, me as a person that you see fit um, to help you be legit um, so that you can do the things that God has for you to do. So I appreciate that. And uh, for those who watch me live, come on in. Let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state, what country, all that good stuff, and get your questions ready uh, so I can go ahead and serve you all. So let me see who's in the live. I'll give you an opportunity to come on in. Um, hope you all are having a good start to your week. Um, I know it's Monday. Um, and a lot of people don't like Monday, but Monday is a great opportunity to set the tone for your week because how you set the tone will determine what you get back in return um, as far as value in your week. What's up, Christopher? Thank you so much for watching for London. I really appreciate that. Charlene uh, Nora. Hey, Josh from Philly. It's been a while. I know it's been a minute. I'm glad to have you, though. I'm glad to have you back in the lives. And I, and I hope uh, uh, these videos, these Q&As are a blessing. Uh, 100 says, I'm back and forth smoking weed and I don't think I got the strength to fast. I'm sick of quitting and going back. Well, oftentimes the reason why things sprout up, my friend, is because we oftentimes treat the symptom of a thing, but never really deal with the root. Oftentimes the reason why we do a thing is uh, the undealt issues that may have occurred from abuse, from abandonment, from rejection, from low self-esteem, whatever it is. Um, a lot of people uh, are still damaged from what happened to them in their formative years. And oftentimes it sprouts up in different things. And so anytime you try to quit a thing, but never deal with the root of a thing, that thing will either sprout back up again or sprout into something different. And so oftentimes the, the reason why there is fatigue, especially in the believer, is because they are saved, they are sealed by the Spirit of God, and they genuinely do not want to do it because the Holy Spirit is uh, pressing them um, 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 towards the image of Jesus and enabling them to, or 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 uh, putting a burden in them um, to be different. And uh, But uh, since the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, uh, he's probably have in the past, reveal something to you saying, hey, have you forgiven your dad? Have you forgiven your mom? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And sometimes we don't even know how to deal with that. But the best way to deal with root issues is to is to really um, see it in comparison um, to the solution that God has provided. And what I mean by this, if you are struggling with, with weed and you're struggling with addictions, um, um, uh, the Holy Spirit will then show you the opportunity you have for forgiveness, that the forgiveness that was given towards you has a way of shifting your perspective on how you look at the person that's harmed you or has abused you or, or how you may feel about yourself. And as you dive into the scripture and begin to see it as a mirror and begin to see the beauty of the gospel and how you do have um, through Christ um, freedom from everything, then you will begin to process through those things so that you will be able to deal with that root thing. So the reason why um, you don't have strength is because we are in warfare. Um, you, you know, the enemy is not going to let you have strength. The enemy is not going to let you just overcome that. Um, but 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 the fatigue is there because of that, right? And so what is the root issue? What is the real reason why you're doing these different things? And as you begin a journey with the Holy Spirit, you'll begin to uh, begin to see uh, what it is that you need to do. And then you'll begin to watch the symptoms fade. Hope they help, fam. Jenny Jean says, hey, Joshua, I'm from New York. 
Thank you for watching from New York. A dawn of light ministry says, hey, coach, I struggle with insecurities with my body as far as comparing myself with others. How do I stop letting bad thoughts about it get to me? I felt more secure when I was, uh, let's see where you at, Don. When I was, uh, let's see if you wrote anything else. When I was being complimented by others. Well, um, never allow the voice of others to dictate the value in yourself. Never give anyone the voice to determine the value you perceive of yourself. The only voice that matters for your value is the omniscient voice, the omnipotent voice, the all-loving voice of God. And when we give him more volume in our lives, then we'll begin to have more contentment. We'll have more appreciation of the fearfulness and the wonderfulness that he made us in, right? And so the reason why uh, we struggle with insecurities is because we're not secure within. And the security within is the sealing of the spirit of God that then validates us or reminds us of who we are. Validating means this, is that we are who we are because of the grace of God. We are who we are because of the dignity that was placed on us by the creator who was the father, right? And so the reason why we struggle is because we live in such a um, comparison world. We live in such a uh, world that forces us to compare so that we never see uh, or dare to be who we need to be, right? So, hey, coach, I struggle with insecurities with my body. Well, there's two things that I said about your body. If your body is built the way it is because it's genetically built, some people are insecure because they're too skinny or some people are insecure because they're too big boned, right? And and if God forms you that way, he built you that way for a reason. You're genetically that way for a reason. Now, if you have gained weight, and you have, and you're not pleased with your body. The reason why you should change is for health reason, not for comparison reason, right? And so you got to ask yourself, why am I comparing myself? What is the standard of beauty? The standard of beauty is not the way the world designed it or determines it. The standard of beauty is how God determines it. And so when you look at beauty for what it really is and how God designed you, then you'll be uh, more appreciative of how He formed you. See, look at me. Man, I didn't like my forehead. My forehead is huge. I have Nigerian features. Nigerian features oftentimes to a degree doesn't match the beauty standards of the American culture or doesn't match the, uh, the standards of beauty when it comes to generalization or the, the general uh, uh, desires between um, that has been placed through uh, movies, magazines or whatever it is. Right. But the day I became aware of who I am and the more I became aware of God's design and the reason why he designed me this way, then I, all that stuff of, of insecurities faded away. And so now how do you stop letting the bad thoughts? Oftentimes when you let thoughts swim without no accountability, then it will uh, limit your ability in loving yourself. So what you do is you write outside of yourself. So you get a notebook and you write down that thought and then you defeat that thought in comparison to what God says about you. Not what the world is showing about you, but what the word of God has scripted about you, right? And you process those thoughts outside of yourself so that you can see how futile and how empty it is and how shallow it is. And then you will begin to feel the joy spring of the Holy Spirit rise up in you because you will begin to see, well, God really did make me this way. And if there's something I don't like about myself, I'm going to change it. Not because, not so that I can feel that somebody can give me a compliment, but God has complimented you every day. So how do I stop letting bad thoughts about it get to me? I felt more secure when I was coming. If you wait for people to compliment you, then you won't be able to complete things that you're supposed to do. Because what if nobody else compliments you? So you're going to wait until someone does? 
the two people that always have something that should always that you should always give positive voice to is God and yourself. You got to look yourself in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am designed for destiny. I was equipped for, for uh, executing a purpose. I am beautiful. I am handsome if you're a gentleman. So compliment yourself. Girl, you look good today. That's what you do. Hey, you look good. I don't care what the world said. And you build yourself up in your most holy faith. You build yourself in the confidence in Christ, knowing that he created you the way he created you for a reason. Because if you keep comparing yourself to the standards of the world, you won't be that girl that God wants you to be. So encourage yourself daily, process your thoughts on paper, compare it to the word of God and see how futile and empty they are. And then you'll find yourself even more emboldened and encouraged. And you will go on because if you start the day being complimented by God and you start your day complimenting yourself, you won't need the compliments of others. Hope to help. So be encouraged, my friend. I know it's tough out there for the ladies. I know it's tough out there, but don't, 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 don't drown in the shallowness of this world's um, design or picture of what beauty is. Hope to help. Uh, George, what's up, family? What preachers had the biggest influence in your life? I'm a huge Tony Evans fan. Um, early on, I could be honest, early on, the biggest, uh, let me see, biggest influence in my life right now. Um, I would say my pastor, Pastor Robin Gould, has definitely been a, a huge major influence since I was 14 to 15 years old. Um, but the greatest preacher that has been um, the greatest influence in me is Jesus, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be spiritual, um, but I try. I don't listen to preachers. I don't. The only preacher, the only preacher I listen to right now in the last three years is my pastor. And that's when I go to church. I really don't listen to preachers. There's not a preacher on this planet that I listen to um, often, continuously. Um, because it's just because as a preacher, I don't want to, um, uh, copy anybody. I don't want to be influenced by anybody. I just want to be raw, authentic, as scripturally sound based, uh, spiritually led preachers possible. And Tony Evans is dope. I just don't listen to him as much. I wouldn't even say dope. Cause I don't even know where his, where his di uh, disposition is right now. And so I never want to give clearance to someone that I haven't listened to in a while. And I don't even know what they teaching. Um, but, the, uh, for me, only pastor I've li I listen to, I am listening to, I have listened to is my pastor. Everybody else can kick rocks in my opinion. Um, no offense to anybody. It's just, I just know that the best way to be, to, the best way to ensure that the spiritual food is not genetically modified is if I go inside the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to preach the word to me, to speak the word to me. And I don't have to worry about being no, there, there being any disease in me spiritually. Hope to help. Great question, though, man. Charlene Nora says, I am currently pursuing my purpose and I am battling my family's opinion of me quitting my job. They want me to go back and pursue what God. They want me to go back and pursue what God called me to do on the side. Any encouragement? Uh, let me make sure I understand your question. I am currently pursuing my purpose. OK, that's one side. And I am battling my family's opinion of me quitting my job. They want me to go back and pursue that. That's confusing me. Uh. I mean, they, okay, there we go. Thank you so much. I mean, they want me to go back to work and do what, what called me to do on the side. Um, at the end of this day, I don't know the nuance, um, uh, of everything, but what I will say is don't give another man's voice, uh, um, uh, higher than what God wants you to do. And also make sure that you're not, uh, uh, using God to do something because it could be two sides of the equation. One side, it could be God is telling you to quit your job, pursue your purpose. Great, go do that. Or it could be 
you people oftentimes use God as a as a as a, a ploy um, to do what they want to do, and then so that nobody so they don't have to listen to their parents. Now, the ultimate thing across the whole board that you have to do first, the first few things you got to ask yourself, or the first things you should ask yourself is. Am, am I financially able to quit this job? And is my purpose financially able to sustain me as my first job, right? Right. So God could be telling you to pursue um, your purpose thing, but we have to be practical. You have to be practical. You got to say, okay, do I make enough? Will I make enough money? Now, you ask you now, if you're living on your own and and you got your own money, you got your own place, and you know for a fact that what you're doing in God, whether it's in another career field or if it's another job, but it's paying you as much as, or if not more, or in a stable way as your uh, current job, then then cool. But if you're staying with them, then you have to actually take some consideration from them because they may be saying, okay, if you're staying with us and you're just going out there being a missionary, and, and, and you're draining from our finances and draining from our utilities and you're draining from our living conditions, then you have to at least understand where they're coming from, right? But if you're on your own and you find that there is actually, I, I actually can't be sustained on my own from this, like that's one, it's like saying like, okay, well, they want me to go not quit my job as a nurse or a doctor because they feel like 20, 30 years is a safer career, and you're trying to downgrade to become a teacher or something or to and work in another career field that actually pay you hourly to be able to sustain yourself, then 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 that's there. That's there. I'm trying to live vicariously through you. So but that's where, you know, the nuance. Right. And so um, so don't quit unless you unless you um, because you don't want to live off of faith that God didn't pave the way for. And what I mean by that, you don't want to quit your job. And then all of a sudden you have no money and then now you got to stay with somebody, right? So always use wisdom, always use wisdom and, and, and be make, make sure that you're financially secure and stable and able enough to, to do that. And whatever God does, he'll provide the, the smooth transition into where there's no dip financially, where there's no need because all the blessings from the Lord comes with no sorrow. Right. So think about those different things. And if they're just like, you know what, we just want you to be this doctor, this nurse. And then they so pigeonholed in that, then they then, you know, you don't got to listen to it. But if you if, if if you're stable and able as you go and pursue what God wants you to do, then you do what you do. But always make sure you walk in wisdom, because what you don't want to do is that you brag and boast about something God told you to do. And then you fall on your face in two months and then you give the enemy uh, a, a voice through them to make you feel bad about yourself. Hope to help. PTLA says, hey, coach, I like to move to a different city and start fresh within a few years. What's up, Jared? Not Jared. Yeah, Jared. Yeah. A uh, few years, I feel there's nothing here in, in negativity. Plus, I like a warm area. <laughs> that a bad idea. Well, um, everything must be led by the Spirit of God, fam. Everything must be led by the Spirit of God, fam. Everything must be led by the Spirit of God, man, because um, God knows exactly where he needs you, to, needs you to be. I've given up preference a long time ago. Now, there's things I prefer to have, but I've given, I've given up on giving that preference more power than the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? So it doesn't matter what I like to do. I want to do what God has already designed for me to do and has already destined for me to do and, and has equipped me to be in a particular season to endure so that I can be equipped even better for the next thing that he wants me to do, right? So 
just because you feel there's nothing here and there's negativity, there's negativity everywhere. What I don't want to happen is that you have this false idea that this city, whether it's L.A. or Miami or Dallas or New York or Chicago or or, or whatever, is going to be uh, completely void of those things. Because no matter where you go, there will be a nothing and there will be a negative no matter where you go. Uh, because if there is if there's not a something in you by the Holy Spirit, then you're going to always feel nothing wherever you are. And purpose is what makes you feel something. So you got to be led by the Spirit of God to the places of purpose. Because if you leave this season, um, just because you have reasons, then you may commit treason on your purpose. And so the best thing is, say, okay, God, Holy Spirit, I may not like where I am, but I love you are with me where I am. Let me, for instance, when I was working at the YMCA as a manager at the Dow YMCA downtown Charlotte, um, I didn't really like working there. Uh, I was more of a people person, but they were more of paper people, the people I was working for. It was about, about the numbers. It was about membership. And I understand it's a business, right? But I was more of a um, free flowing, a creative people engaging individual. And I really wasn't the uh, salesman kind of guy. Right. And so I was like, man, God, I, I started looking for jobs. It was funny. I was looking for jobs. I was like, man, I want to get up out of here. I was looking for different YMCA positions. Um, they were shooting down my programs there, not shooting down the bad. It sounds so bad, but though the program just wasn't, um, a, wasn't for that place. Let's put it that way. Because some people, they, they're rejecting it because the Holy Spirit may have them rejected because that's, that's not the place that he wants you to inject it. Right. That's not the place that he wants you to put it in because it, it won't be as protected as it would be if it's placed in the right place where it was supposed to be. Right. And so I didn't like it. And I was trying to get out of there. And then a few months, a few weeks passed by and I, I felt this peace to just say, Josh, be content. Josh, chill. There's reason why you're here. Then a few few weeks a few weeks later, the lady kept miss um I don't want to say her last name, but the young lady kept coming in my um why and she offered me the job for CMS. But what if I would have quit? What if I would have quit it on that place? I wouldn't have been placed in a in a river that God has placed me in, where I've been impacting kids' lives, I've been impacting schools' lives for six years, seven years now. So what I'm saying is, just because you don't like it now. Uh, don't just leave it because you have legitimate reasons. Leave it because God has is is has transitioned you uh, into the place you need to be. Because oftentimes the place that where there's nothingness and where there's negativity is equipping us for the activity for the next level. But if the Holy Spirit tells you to move, then move. But what I'm saying is, think on these things before you make a, a decision like that, fam. Especially uh, when it's because of preferences like warm weather. Um, there's negativity. And because sometimes if you if you leave, if you leave a cocoon before it's time, you won't have the wings to fly. Hope that helps. Uh oh. Let me see where we at. Where we at? Great questions, y'all. Got time for maybe uh two or three more and I'm done. Uh Ashley says, Hey coach, finally getting finally getting books set up using Create Space. Good job. Wanted to know, how do you get over fear of them not doing well or just putting yourself out there in general? Great question, Ashley. Um, in the beginning, I was definitely uh, nervous. I was definitely um, high-minded on certain things. Um, but now, like I'm putting out a book in the next couple of weeks or so. I just finished uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday morning at 6 a.m. The book is done. Now I don't order my, my proof copies and me and my wife are going to go through with our little pens, little shovels, and we're just going to we're just going to dig through it and, and, and get it out. Um, I now can care less 
about the return, right? And what I mean by this, if you think, if you do things for the money, then you'll focus on the money. If you do things for the impact, you will you will see the impact. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a balance in between the two. I'm not dumb. I create a product that's going to make money, but 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 oftentimes, all the time, I do it because of obedience. And whatever the return is, is the return of it. And so the best way uh, to to get over the fear of them not doing so well is knowing why you're doing it. You're doing it because the Holy Spirit told you. You're doing it because you're a service of God. See, when you do things based solely on the on the earthly return, then you may burn when you see the results return. But if you do it for eternity, then you already know that I may not get my full return from this obedience until I'm in glory. Because the Bible talks about laying for yourselves treasures, not on earth, but where a moth and rust can destroy and thieves can break and steal, but lay it up when none of those things can touch it. So when you have an eternal perspective of what you do, mixed with a, a little earthly entrepreneurship and, and, and all that kind of stuff mixed with that, it keeps your heart balanced because, yeah, you're going to do what you want to do to make sure people get it. But at the same time, you know that this ain't everything. Right? So don't look at the numbers. Do what you do in a natural. Do what's smart as, as far as promoting it. But don't but don't don't look at the return. Because you never know when it's going to happen. I remember the video that went viral, the Proverbs 31 woman. When that video came out in 2013, that video didn't get a lot of views in the beginning. So what if I would have took that video down just because it didn't have a lot of views? I think when it first came out, it was like 100 views or something like that for weeks. Now, what if I would have been like, oh, man, this video right here is not really doing what I want. I took it down. 2017, that's 14, 15, four years later, the video took off. And now that video sitting at 400 some thousand views. So what I'm saying is, is that just because it's not getting what you expect now doesn't mean it not we won't produce when it does. And so be encouraged knowing that you're doing this for God and knowing that the bulk of your return will come in eternity and, and, and enjoy the process of creating. That's what I do. I just like I don't care about like the, the yellow book, counterfeit counterpart. I ain't even done that book uh, do justice. It's due. And I'm going to promote it some more because I know the value in it, but I'm not going to allow uh, um, the 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 uh, the success of that book to say, oh, well, I guess I'm not, I'm not good enough. No, it's just saying, hey, I'm doing it for a bigger reason. Um, and there's going to come a season where that book takes off and the book I'm writing now is going to take off and book's going to take off. I don't worry about the return. I'm just glad that God gave me an opportunity uh, for me to do it. Right. Or just putting yourself out there in general. Well, Putting yourself out there is, uh, is is don't look at it as me putting my putting you out. Don't look at it as you putting yourself out there. Look at it as that God is putting you out there. And what that's what that's why I, don't, I can care less about how often I stutter. I can care less about how I look on camera. Uh, I, I can care less because I know that I'm doing this for God. And when you take your mind off of the return of the product and you take your eyes off of how you may look or may how you may be received, then you will have more joy in doing what God has called you to do. And you'll actually enjoy it and you'll do it for the right reason. But that doesn't mean that you don't be entrepreneurial, that you don't go out there and just say, you know, I'm going to do my best just to help this book grow. But as soon as you let that book fly, see, look on the inside and say, God, what else do you have for me to do? Because you just don't have one book in you. No tree just has one apple. No tree just has one orange. No orange tree has just one orange. No uh, apple tree has one apple. 
Yeah, I've never seen an apple tree with one apple. What I mean by that, God did not create you to have just one book. If you are an author, there's probably more than one book in you. So don't let the enemy get in your head. Don't let yourself get in your head. Enjoy it. Give it to the people. Uh, uh, gradually grow. Enjoy it. And, and see what God does with it. And, and just love the fact that God gave you an opportunity to serve him and serve his people through the gift he's placed in you. Thank you so much, Coach Josh. God bless you, man. God bless you too, family. Christopher, and then I think I'm done. We'll see. I don't know how to word this. As an African, the way that we praise God is different from others. I know. We are a bit louder and extra, which is fine, but it's not really me. Is that bad of me? Should I be loud? No. Man, let me tell you something about uh, when I was growing up. My mom is more of a boisterous, loud praiser. And she used to be like, uh, baby, raise your hands. Praise the Lord. At that age, I didn't really know um, that I was the introverted, the the type of person I am, right? So I was like, I, I would try to, but it just wouldn't be natural. Until I realized that there's different kinds of worship. There are the, I want to say, don't hear me when I say emotional. I'm not saying emotional in a bad way. But there's some people who engage worship more emotional because they're more extroverted. And there's people who are more introverted with their worship who worship intuitively. So when I'm in a worship service, I, I, I'm really just discerning. It takes me, I'm a, I'm like a, a big plane when it takes off in worship. I'm slow with it. Uh, first off, because the setting. Now, when I'm privately worshiping, when it's just me and the Lord, the worship's on another level. I'm here. See, see, when I'm in church, you know my my posture. I'm, but when, but when I when it when I'm by myself, I'm here. Tears, fam. I, I worship loud when I'm uh, by myself because I'm introverted. <laughs> so intro, it, me being introverted, me being by myself, my worship is more private. My worship is more intuitive. Okay, my worship is more private because I'm introverted. When I'm in a public setting, my worship is more intuitive because I'm not extroverted. I'm not. I'm not. Uh. uh now, when I preach, I'm different because. That's what I'm called to do. But when it comes to like my own personal worship in a in an extroverted setting, I am not gonna. It's gonna be more slow for me now. When they start singing about the blood, now when they start doing them old songs, you may see you may see one of them gangster, the old deacon one handed worships for me. But that's because I'm wired this way. So just because people are more boisterous and more extroverted with their worship, uh, God didn't design everybody to worship the same way. So if you're a naturally introverted person, I bet you when you by yourself, your worship is more engaging. But when you in the public settings, you're probably more uh, reserved because that's just not your element. But I bet you when you when you are in a, a, a more of an outward outing in worship, you're more intuitive. Now, if the words are right, it may trigger the worship because you're intuitive. See, more people who are extroverted and more emotional with their worship, the beat, the music, the feel is what, boom. So if they, do, 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 if that's going good, if 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 the setting is right and they're extroverted, the worship is going to be worship because they that's how they're, that's their strong sensing, right? But when it comes to introverts, intuitive people, the beat don't do nothing for me. The music don't do nothing for me. Okay, that's cool. But because I'm intuitive, it, my intuition, when I really see the spirit moving and, and, and I sense the spirit in the place or or when I hear the words because I'm a wordsmith, 
I hear the words, then that's what draws me in quicker than the beat in the music world. So consider that. I love y'all. I got to go. I think I'm going to go to Instagram for a little bit. I hope this uh, live Q&A was a blessing to you all. Man, a lot of great questions I see. Man. Um, Mary Mar Maria Lee is the last one. Let me see. Man, great stuff. Uh, are y'all encouraging her? Uh, yeah, man. So if you're... That's, I think that's a deeper understanding because people just assume that you got to be travailed and stuff on the floor and running around. And that's just not me, fam. And anybody who's ever seen me in my church, man, you know I'm chill. I'm chill. And they may they it may look as if I'm not into it, but I'm so intuitive, I'm waiting for the download. I'm I'm waiting, I'm using, I'm using the presence of God in, in, in that setting to receive from the spirit of God the way he wired me. And I may have put, I'm in that same worship setting that you're face down on the ground at the altar. I don't receive the book idea. <laughs> I don't receive a video idea. And there'll be times where boom, download happens. Everybody else singing and jumping. I sit down, I'm writing. Because we receive from the presence of God differently. Some people need to receive healing. So they, there's a pull. Some people need to receive joy. Some people are engaging because whatever. Me, I'm just Josh. <laughs> I just. Well, let's be with you. What do you have for me in this setting? See, so think about that. Maria Lee, because I felt the whole spirit really drawn me to. I don't even know what your question is. You said, how can I keep the from growing weary when God gives you confirmation of, of, of a husband, but he is not done working on the man's spirit that been celibate for six years? Uh, let me see if you put anything else. Well, oh, there it is. We started out in obedience, but ended up sleeping together. Well, now God told me that he is still my husband, but he isn't ready yet to be aligned. Well, you have to ask yourself, is 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 Elohim speaking to you? Or is it your emotions speaking to you? It's a big difference because when there's sex involved, oftentimes there's there's other voices or stronger feelings. And it kind of feels as if God is saying or you want God to justify it so that you can validate the sin that y'all did. Right. So uh, so basically you got to make sure that is it God telling me? Or, it, or is it my emotions telling me um, because of the sexual encounter that occurred, right? Um, because what I, as a, as a preacher, and no offense to anyone, I am a little bit more uh, understanding of, because I've been there before. Uh, there, there, I mean, I've been there to where I thought God told me this woman was the one for me. I remember, I thought that God told me that this young lady was the one for me. Am I married to her? No. So I was wrong. So that's why I can, I can speak from this is because I used to do it. I used to go, oh, God told me to do this with the ministry. God told me to do this with the money, right? And then at the end, it didn't profit anything. It didn't benefit anything. It wasn't graced, you know what I'm saying, for success. And so I've been guilty of that. So that's why I always make sure people examine that God really said, because oftentimes we put the God said stamp on it to justify what we want to do with it. And God never said it was him, right? Now, if God said it was him, you got to look at what has already occurred. If there has been sin between you all two, between you all, there's going to, if God still wants that to be, there's going to have to be some deeper healing in place uh, because, because um, there needs to be more maturity. There needs to be more accountability, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you still, if you have confirmation that he's the one, then you have to say, okay, uh, uh, um, I got to, if, if God said the way, you got to trust God's timing with that. But the ultimate thing that I want you to first ask yourself is, did God really say? 
or is these my emotions trying to justify it? I'm trying to put the God stamp because maybe I really want this so bad. Check your heart uh, so you can handle things the right way. Um, and so, and you shouldn't even worry about it. As a woman, you shouldn't worry about where a man is. You got to know where the man is, the man Christ Jesus, and see what his plan is for you and focus on that. And then in time, you will see God deliver what it is that he needs to be delivered to you. I love you all. Hope y'all was blessed by it. Um, um, stay encouraged. Um, if you need uh, any help from me, you can check it out on my uh, receive any extra resources on my website. I am unplugged.com for card games, resources, tools, things like that to help you um, um, grow books, card games, shirts, um, courses, all that good stuff. I do have a new book coming out, but check out some of my old books like The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? And guess what's coming out? Guess what's coming out? Part two to this, but it won't be on singleness. It's about something else. But it's a part two of this. Um, it's going to be more for. It's going to be for everyone, not just for singles. But but I'm excited about that book coming out. Um, if you're looking for a resource to help you in in your dating, helping you date God, date yourself, and become dateable so that you can date the love of your life forever. I got a great resource called Dating Prep, preparing yourself to date the love of your life forever, and 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 being accustomed to questions that will either help end the wrong relationship or extend. The right relationship. If you struggle with soul ties or strongholds, I got a book called The Purpose of Freedom. Uh, you see that bird? That bird has been set free. Oftentimes the cage has been open for us for years. Jesus has already set you free, but you have to fly in that freedom. That book's available to you as well. And the, the latest book that I've written that's been published, latest published book, is called Counterfeit Counterpart. Probably, if you ask me, my favorite book thus far. It, help, it talks about discernment and, and um, it helps you um, to discern the various things that are presented to you to see whether it's a counterfeit or a counterpart. That's man, this is a hidden gem. I haven't given this book this, this due service, so check that out. I have other books as well, like the red book there called World War Me. That book's on spiritual warfare, and that white book in the corner is my uh, my wife and I's children book, as he says. Essence for the students that I serve, and also my first book, Unplug, is not is not visible there. But my first book ever written is also on my website. Talking about the things you need to unplug from. I love you all. Hope you all was blessed by this. Um, and so uh, just want to make sure I didn't see anything that I missed. All right, y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.